0: There are moments when it feels like time stands still. But when those moments turn into days, months, years, we start to wonder if life will ever begin again. It is written that there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. Now is the time.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our 11:15 service. Glad that you're here. If I haven't met you before. My name is Grant. Um, I was walking through the commons, and somebody walked, was coming in from the parking lot, and they said, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> uh, gonna do my best to preach this morning. I said, "No, no, no. It's a long weekend. This is when like the youth pastor preaches, <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's kind of the way it works." But I will tell you this: I learned a long time ago as a young pastor not to under uh, not to underestimate what God does on a long weekend cuz here's what I know the fact that you showed up here today means you really really want to be here so that means we can anticipate something that God is doing and I also want to give you just a couple of pieces of information before we get started we're moving to a summer schedule starting two weeks from now, and what that means for you is nothing. You don't have to change anything. You just keep showing up at 1115. That will be fantastic as we walk through the summer, but a part of our summer schedule is we're not going to have a Saturday evening service during the summer for the half of June, July, and August. We'll evaluate that again uh, again once we get to the month of August, but what it does mean is this. There's going to be a group of Saturday night people that are looking in order to connect with people. And I promised them, I said, if you show up at 1115, you will meet the happiest, most rested, most well-caffeinated group of human beings you have ever met before. They will open you or welcome you with open arms. And so that's gonna make a change. So we're gonna have services during the summer, 930, 1115. If you miss it at six o'clock on Sunday evening, we'll rebroadcast the 11:15 service with a live host so you can connect with people uh, because now's the time to embrace change. Yay, all right. so let's open our Bibles and see what God is going to share with us today. As we open our Bibles this week, we hear Solomon under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, say these words. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Time to be born and a time to die time to plant and a time to uproot time to kill that was last week and it was not easy or light and a time to heal time to tear down and a time to build a time to weep time to laugh a time to mourn and we're going to stop right there for a moment and pray for the families in texas who are facing unimaginable grief and pain this week would you pray with me father god i'm not sure how to pray For parents, grandparents, brothers, and sisters who are grieving the loss of of little ones. But you are the God of all peace and the God of all comfort. And so we do what we can by throwing ourselves into prayer with you and saying, God, would you please, would you please, out of these ashes, give hope. Lord, many of us are at our wits' end when it comes to the tragedies that seem to just keep piling up and piling up. But God, we know you are a refuge and you are a shelter in a time of storm. So God, for these families, we pray comfort and peace. And for our own hearts, God, I pray that you would help us make sense of a broken season once again. We pray these things in the power of Jesus' name amen. A time to mourn and someday we hope a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and we will stop there again. And I would invite you in the room to stand with me right now as we observe a moment of silence and remember those who gave their lives to purchase the freedom that we are exercising right here today in this room. Would you join me in a time and a moment of silence as we remember those who gave their lives ultimately for our freedom? you said there's a time to be silent and a time to speak and so now I raise my voice in prayer saying God may we never take our freedom for granted Lord for those who have served to make this moment possible and paid the ultimate price we thank you Lord for their families we ask for your grace and comfort Lord for those who served alongside of them and still stand amongst us we are so unbelievably grateful the price that they paid for us to exercise our freedom this way and to worship you today in spirit and in truth god may we never forget your sacrifice and your heart for freedom lord would you make us grateful today to be free and we pray these things in jesus name and all god's people said amen thank you you may be seated A time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toll? I've seen the burden God has laid on the human race. I love this next sentence. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He also has said eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Over these next weeks, we will continue to unpack Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 14 individual phrases that we're going to break down one piece at a time because every one of them deserves our attention. I have found an activity under the heavens that will push your faith to the absolute limit. It will cause you to enter into an intense spiritual formation and will challenge the very limits of your character development. This particular activity will force you to deal with the fact that you think bad thoughts naturally. It will challenge you to restrain the deadly evil that is your tongue, and it will cause you to have to fight against every ounce of anger that will be raised up within your being. What is this activity that will force such intense spiritual work? It's assembling furniture from Ikea. (laughs) Say amen if you know what I'm talking about. The box looks so innocent, it's so small and so cute, but the contents, I believe, are part of an insidious plot designed to trip you up and make you sin. The instructions look like a phone book, and the first thing they tell you to do, and you can test me to see if this is true or not, the first thing they tell you to do is find a friend. You don't need a friend to help put the thing together. You need a friend to restrain you when you're halfway done and you're so frustrated you're on your way to the garage to pick up a sawzall to cut that thing in half and burn it in your living room. The instructions literally include bathroom breaks. It's in there. And beverage breaks. Why? Because if you don't take the break, that dresser or bed frame will ultimately break you. And don't even get me started on what happens when you get all the way to the end of the project and you are one piece of hardware short. <laughs> a few years ago, Laurel bought me a garden shed for Father's Day. Here's a picture of my shed. I actually got it put together. There it is. You can tell it was raining that particular day. It was an awesome gift it still is i got the package i opened it up and i remember thinking to myself that is a lot of parts right there that is a lot of metal That is just a lot of pieces i knew i was in trouble when the instructions started talking about a foundation platform foundation platform that's what dirt's for right you just build the shed put it on the dirt but a pressure treated wood platform and three days later it took me three days to build that thing. I finished the shed. I finished it just before it finished me. And yes, when I was done, I was one bolt short. There was also a really large bag of extra hardware that did not build my confidence at all. I'm thinking, what did I miss in this process? Solomon, the teacher of Ecclesiastes, was a master builder. He never took on Ikea furniture, but he built some pretty cool stuff, Okay. His building projects were legendary. He built buildings, a reputation, and a legacy. He built a kingdom, a nation, and for a season, he built a sense of discontentedness and disillusionment that just kept growing up inside of him. It led him to a place where he just said, everything, this thing uh, uh, that we call life, it's just meaningless. It's meaningless. And into that season, that's where we find him in Ecclesiastes 3. Solomon, the master builder, says this, there's a time to tear down and a time to build. Solomon knew there was a time to renovate a project and there was a time to tear it right down to the foundation and sometimes you had to take out the foundation as well and start all over again. Solomon's projects were both physical and spiritual so the implications are both practical and eternal. The Hebrew word or phrase meaning tear down actually means to cause, to fall, or collapse. To tear down or to pull down with intention. There's a buzzword that people have been talking about over these last months. The word is deconstruction high-profile Christian leaders are deconstructing their faith and they're embracing non-belief because they just don't believe they can affiliate with the Bible or Jesus anymore. And if you listen to their stories, if you follow the themes as they pour out their heart about why they're taking apart their faith, you'll notice that the roots are similar in almost every single story. The roots are disappointment, disillusionment, which leads them to disregard, and ultimately, here's where every one of them lands, despair. I believe the cause of that is they built on a wrong foundation. When you build your faith on a foundation of you and your opinion, every wind and wave of culture will knock you sideways. You know why? You may not want to hear this, but it's true. You are a flimsy foundation, and so am I. Incredibly flimsy. But when you tear down your belief... That the universe revolves around you and you embrace the fact that the creator of the universe wants you to build a foundation of belief on him then i promise you you can withstand any pressure any philosophy you can even withstand pandemic politics because god will hold you fast i spoke with a friend this past week who has deconstructed his faith And he went into great detail with me about how God and his followers had let him down and, in his words, left him no option other than to walk away. So I asked the question So, what are you going to do when your life unravels? Where are you going to turn? Are you going to turn to philosophy? Are you going to turn to an ideology that you are the answer to all of your problems? I said it to him twice. I said, just think about that. You actually think that you're the answer to all of your problems? And I know it wasn't theological or pastoral, but I looked at him and I said, bro, that sucks. <laughs> you think you have the answers? And his, his face went blank. And so I kind of pushed. I said, no, really, really, really. When you walk away, all you are left with is you. You. I also pointed out the very issue that I said, you have all these issues with God? Actually, you don't have any issues with God at all. You just have a whole bunch of issues with a bunch of God followers. Don't we all? And I've said it before, so I'm gonna say it again. Don't judge Jesus based on his followers. Judge Jesus for Jesus. Not the Jesus of somebody's opinion or interpretation, but the Jesus as he presents himself in the word of God. So what's the wrong reason to tear down i'll tell you the wrong reason to tear down it's to build your own platform jesus tells a story about a man who deconstructed his own empire for the sake of building a bigger empire that was a tribute to himself the bible says this in luke chapter 12 and he told them this parable the ground of a certain rich man yield an abundant harvest so get this picture God created the rain. God created the sun. God created the dirt. God created the seed. God actually created everything that grew. And this man ends up with this abundant blessing. And up to this point, this this is a good part of the story. He's sitting there with this surplus. What am I going to do? How am I going to manage God's blessing? And then he has to make a choice. Verse 17, he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. And up until this point, he's actually done really well. I have no place to put God's blessing, so what am I going to do? And then he says, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store up my surplus grain. And even at this point, he hasn't done anything wrong. He's like, I've got to figure out some way to hold all of God's blessing. And then in verse 19, he starts building a platform for himself and i'll say to myself you have plenty of grain laid up for many years take life easy eat drink and be merry but god said to him you fool do you notice what god doesn't say god doesn't say wow look at you you're an amazing entrepreneur you're awesome I can't believe how amazing you are. You're phenomenal. Way to go. You did it. Congratulations. World's best cup of coffee, right? Best line in an elf movie ever, and you missed it. All right? I'm just saying. And God says, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards When you build a platform to exalt yourself, failure is inevitable because God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So i got a question. What part of your ego needs to be torn down today? What part of your belief that I can do this on my own? I am self-sufficient. I'm going to build a kingdom of bigger barns and bigger barns and bigger barns and bigger barns. What part of that needs to be torn down so you can come back to the place where you just say, I am just so deeply blessed. And it wasn't me. It was him. Now's the time to do that kind of work. So, if that's the wrong reason to tear down, to, to build your own platform, what's the right reason to tear down? I believe it's to start with a new foundation. Now, sometimes you've got to remove the very foundation of your life and get all the way back to the dirt. Picture it this way. You've got this, this structure of your old life before Jesus. And then in partnership with Jesus, you go to work. And your old life is dismantled through love and repentance and confession and amends and grief and full surrender to Him. And, and Jesus works in that process And he rebuilds a a proper view of himself, and he rebuilds you through grace and mercy and, and sometimes discipline, but even when it's discipline, it comes with hope. Maybe you remember this from last week. The Apostle Paul put it this way. Put to death, therefore, remember a time to kill? That was a tough conversation. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry, because of these the wrath of god is coming you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived you notice that it's all past tense it's who you used to be not who you are today that's who you used to be and that old life dies as you embrace the new life god has for you there's a moment that happens backstage whenever we do baptisms i watch for it because i love it so much so there's a mirror back there hanging on the wall so we can, like, just take a quick peek before we come out here so we don't embarrass ourselves ever, and that mirror has saved me on more than one occasion, and, and, but people will be lined up getting ready to come out and be baptized, and I'll watch because sometimes some people will catch an image of themselves in the mirror, and whenever I see tears, I always move towards them, and I say, just tell me what you just saw. And they're like, Grant, like, I don't even recognize myself. If you had any idea how I showed up here, it was just a a broken, tragic mess. And now I look, and I can actually look at myself in the mirror because of what Jesus is doing in my life. That's the beautiful process that God takes us through. And the word continues. Verse number eight, it says, but now, but now, so that was past tense, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice slander and filthy language from your lips when i read that i thought there it is right there it's in the bible that is a normal set of emotional responses to putting together ikea furniture it's right there (laughs) anger rage malice slandering the entire country of sweden right and swearing it's all right there and god says that stuff's got to go and i'm not kidding now but You notice how Paul just keeps kind of peeling away. Boy, that first layer, we go, of course that stuff's gotta go. And then he starts pushing a little bit deeper and we're like, oh, that stuff's gotta go too? Yeah. Total deconstruction. He starts digging into your heart motives and, and the things that you think about other people that nobody knows but you. And then he confronts your mouth. Boy, that's a tough one, isn't it? And then he wraps up with this, verse number nine. Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Solomon is saying an Old Testament truth that's actually wrapped in a New Testament revelation. Jesus specializes in a renovation of the human heart. That's what he does. He renovates human hearts. So there's a time to tear down, and then there's a time to build. Some of you that are CTK veterans will, when I say the words a time to build, you'll remember back to 2002, 2003, 2004, when this room did not exist. There was nothing here. There were some concrete walls and dirt. And we were in the middle of of incredible change. It was a season of change. Some of you remember back to 2003. Founding pastor of Christ the King resigned on a Monday night. I found out on Tuesday that Laurel and I were going to step into leadership on Thursday, and Sunday was Easter. God help us. And we were in the middle of a five and a half million dollar building project. And when I walked in the first morning, on the desk was a set of, of cardstock. People had made faith promises towards a building project. We actually hadn't collected a dime yet, but we had, we had cardboard. That's what we had. That's all we had. And I remember thinking, God, what are we going to do? And God reminded me, when he starts a construction project, he finishes it. He finishes it. That campaign was called The Time to Build, and it was a time of great sacrifice and great celebration because Jesus showed up in the most unlikely ways. And I don't know if you were here earlier in the year, but we celebrated the fact because of your generosity and what God has done through you that we were actually able to, to pay off all the debt. So we didn't pay it off, Jesus paid it off. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. The Hebrew meaning of that phrase to build means to develop enlarge, large construct or to increase in stages. And I'm going to tell you something, as a follower of Jesus, we are all called into a perpetual building process. We're always doing the spiritual work of, of tearing down old ideologies and tearing down old sin habits and embracing the Jesus way. And I'm going to tell you, you're not done walking the Jesus way until you cross the finish line into heaven. So I hope you're okay with the mess of construction, because we live with it all the time. As any good builder knows, the foundation is where it all begins. And that's why Jesus speaks about building on a right foundation. He says this, "Why do you call me Lord Lord, and not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hear's my words and puts them into practice, I'll show you what they are like. They're like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on a rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it, because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment that torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. There are several different renderings of the story of the wise and foolish builders told through two different authors' perspectives. And I giggle every time I read the story because if you ever have an opportunity to come with us to Israel, we'll take you to the lake and go down on the beach where Jesus told this story here's what's amazing at this time in history as jesus is standing with his back to the water right across the lake like directly across the lake there was a roman governor who was not well liked by anybody because he was a roman governor who was occupying the land but right across the lake he'd been trying to build a summer home on the beach and it kept collapsing so, right across the lake, right behind Jesus, you would have seen this, this pile of rubble right behind them. So, do you get the picture? Jesus, is like, there's this really wise builder who built his house on the rock, and it was fantastic. And then there was this other guy who kept building his house on the sand. Do you get the point? It was a living illustration of pride, foolishness, and ignorance. So no matter where you are on your faith journey your foundation matters there's no shortcuts and what i'm going to talk about for the next couple of minutes it's not a list of boxes to check it's a foundation worth building now's the time to build a solid foundation of prayer prayer simple it's talking and listening to god it's being in a constant place of conversation as i'm getting a little bit older you know what my most frequent question to god is in this season of my life my question is jesus is now the time Jesus, is now the time to say something or should I just be quiet? (laughs) Is now the time to press into this issue or should I hold back? God, is now the time to do this or do you want me to do that? The questions you ask matter and that's why we should be constantly talking and listening to God in prayer and underneath of that rock has to be the solid foundation of god's word because i'm going to tell you something god never contradicts himself so you can say all you want to god told me if it doesn't line up with the word of god it wasn't god that's why we hold on to the word we'll come to that in a moment so one of the rocks scripture itself second or prayer secondly is worship that's standing on god's god's platform for god's glory a worship of Jesus can happen through music, singing. It can happen through solitude and silence. You can worship God laying a perfect metal bead as you weld two pieces of metal together, as you work as a craftsman with the skill God gave you. It can be in a piece of art created for his glory. It can be through simple obedience or an act of service. I just love that last one. God is worshiped when his people get their hands dirty in service. And what is service? It's not just doing good things. Anybody can do good things. No, service is when we do the good we ought to do with the purpose of God, not our purpose. Simply put, service is being the hands and feet of Jesus. It's that simple. And I'd like to introduce you for about the next five minutes to a friend whose passion for service has actually become an amazing opportunity for you. Let me introduce you to Pastor Brian Steele and our really good friend, Ray Elliott. Let's watch this together.
0: My name is Brian Steele. I'm a pastor at Christ the King. And ten years ago, I walked into an REI store with a jacket that was way too old, way too tattered, hoping to return it. And the manager very kindly and pastorally explained that I had already received full value from my coat, and I walked out very ashamed. I tried to get something I didn't deserve. Since then, I've become good friends with Ray Elliott, who's leading CTK response teams. We've been in small groups together. We've had a lot of cups of coffee together, and I'm excited for you to hear about what God is doing through this ministry and how you can be involved. Ray, thank you for being here and sharing your story with CTK response teams. But before we get there, tell a little bit about your involvement at CTK. Where did that begin and how did you end up? at uh, Christ the King.
2: I had left uh, a church I'd been attending for quite some time and um, you know CTK was a fairly large church and at that p- particular time I felt like I wanted a little bit of anonymity mm-hmm. and I got that and I needed mm-hmm. that. but you know God doesn't let you sit there yeah. for very long. Yeah. He wants you to to be a part of his kingdom work mm-hmm. and so, You know, it is really the Holy Spirit that prompts or starts any kind of Mm -hmm. ministry. Mm -hmm. You know, when we take almost these small, feeble steps of Mm -hmm. faith towards God, he kind of steps back toward you in this giant leap Mm -hmm. of faith. And that's been my experience, you know, just to, to be able to take a small step and hang on for the ride. Yeah.
0: So originally the Samaritans list was smaller local projects meeting very specific needs? Like for example, what were some of the original needs that Samaritan's List?
2: Some of the initial projects um, were around serving some of our community partners. We've built fences for Lydia Place. We've done all kinds of weeding, all kinds of yard maintenance. Um, But then it became really kind of pressed upon us that we should be thinking a little bit bigger Mm. and extending our reach to the further corners of the globe, if you will. And so it has grown into now uh, the response team's ministry that addresses both, you know, the local needs as well as some of the more national needs. And um, that's kind of where it sits today.
0: Well, tell us about some of the the projects that people might expect on a CTK response team.
2: Mm, Boy, okay, so um, gosh, we've done all kinds of things. Um, We've laid flooring. We've done a ton of painting, we've built fences, we've done all kinds of landscaping, we've cleaned the gutters. We've repaired even small little things like latches on someone's cabinet who didn't have the dexterity mm-hmm. to be able to kind of, you know, to kind of do it themselves. Um, we've done power washing and all kinds of, you know, uh, different things, organizing, cleaning, moving you know, all those kinds of things. And those are the requests that, again, that come in from the church family members as well as um, some of the local community
0: partners. How would somebody know that the time is right for them to get involved with the CDK response team?
2: That is a great question. You know, we all sometimes, all of us, I believe, are prompted in some way or another. The Spirit prompts us to do something. And I would just encourage everybody to really listen to that prompting wherever you find yourself Mm -hmm. um, respond to that prompting if that leads you to be part of the response team's ministry beautiful Um, if it's something else wonderful but my encouragement to everybody is to respond to that prompting and see where god will take you
0: so somebody who right now is saying yes i want to get involved what's the next step for them
2: Um, you can kind of come out into the common area and meet a bunch of the folks who have been participating uh, in the ministry so far. We're gonna answer all kinds of questions and then give you the opportunity to to collect some, let us collect some information from you about your interest, your availability, your skills, your desires and so forth. And after we go through that process, we're gonna invite you to an orientation. We're gonna spend some time with you explaining how operationally it all kind of works and then we're gonna begin um, extending invitations to you to join us in the work that we're being called, uh, called to do.
0: Tell us about the kind of person that would be a good fit for this ministry.
2: Everyone is a good fit um, for this ministry. There is something for everyone to do. You know, whether you're married or single, whether you're retired or working, whether you're skilled in a certain area or not, Wherever you find your place right now in life, there is a a space for you there. It is without fail that anyone who has decided to step up and be a part of this ministry has found something to do that's been meaningful to them and been really meaningful to the folks who are on the receiving end of what we're doing. There is just something really unique and special about giving a little bit of ourselves on the behalf of others when we do it as a group, there's a magic that takes place, mm. and as a result of that, friendships are formed, uh, relationships are strengthened. Um, there's spiritual experiences that that we all have had. Church feels smaller mm. and more intimate, and much, much more like uh, a community. And I think anyone who has served mm. in the ministry over these last few years will tell you that is exactly what's happened mm. to them, and it's been. Uh, an exponential growth in their spiritual journey
1: if you'd like more information about the service element uh, you can head to the Commons or go to info.ctk.church so prayer worship service and on that part of service uh, laurel and i are releasing another podcast this week that i know will challenge your heart to serve here's actually a picture of us in the podcast studio with our good friends gordon and tracy knightling Gordon is a first responder. He's a firefighter. And he was actually at work helping people in the middle of the floods when he got a call from Tracy saying, our house is being flooded. When Sumas and Everson flooded, they watched their home be inundated with dirty flood water. And when the waters receded, an amazing thing happened. Two helpers had to receive help. And an army of servants showed up to help and so that podcast that we're going to release it's about the flood the rescue the deconstruction and the current rebuild of both the home and the hearts that live there you will be so encouraged to find out every one of us can play a part in serving jesus and serving our community speaking of our community there's another element of the foundation it's a it's a fact that every one of us needs a crew of fellow demolitionists and builders people who will encourage us to keep doing the hard work to challenge us to keep moving forward As we spoke about already, another part of the foundation is the Bible itself. When I read my Bible, I choose the proper authority. That's why I love my Bible. It's my foundation. I love the easy parts. I love the hard parts. I love the parts that make me go, what? And the parts that make me go, yes. I need that higher authority because... Without a higher authority than me, I become my own source of truth. And that is scarier because the longer I live, the more subjective my approach to truth becomes. I can make truth work for me in so many ways. And yet God stands up and says, Grant, it's not your truth that matters. It's my truth that matters. God has called his family into a constant act of of tearing down this idea that all truth is relative And instead, building a brand new foundation, understanding that God's truth is absolute and it will hold you fast no matter what storms come against you. And then finally, we have that final stone in the foundation, the cornerstone. Isaiah 28 says this, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. anybody else notice that the world is panicking right now my buddy who has deconstructed his faith completely as he was walking out of our coffee shop to where we had sat down together he said something that i have been i've heard from my other friends who are struggling in their faith i've heard it multiple times he says you know what he said fishbook here's the one thing that drives me crazy about you your peace peace. So good. Can I tell you something? I am not a naturally peaceful person. If you don't believe me, ask my wife. I can get all ramped up about all kinds of stuff. I can get twisted in a knot faster than anybody. I can create a worst-case scenario. Boom, 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 boom. Derek, you know it's true, don't you? Derek, we've been working together for more than 20 years. That's just how I am. I can just get so ramped up and like, nah, I'm vibrating because everything is just going ah. I'm sitting there, and my friend who's deconstructed his face says, You know what? I, you know what you have? It's driving me crazy. It's just, you're so calm and peaceful. Do you know why that is? It's not because it, I'm good at managing my emotions. I know the Prince of Peace, <laughs> I know a God who can walk out into the middle of the storm and say, hey, storm, zip it. The one who relies on the stone of Jesus will never be stricken with panic. So here we are, time to wrap up. The sand is almost gone. So I'm going to ask you to step with me into this posture of prayer that we've been talking about. And as we pray together, I'm going to ask three questions and your answers have nothing to do with me and everything to do with the God who brought you here today. So would you pray with me? Let's just bow our heads and close our eyes just so we can focus. Father God, into this moment, will you speak to your children? Because now is the time to tear down and also a time to build. Before God, what in your life needs to be torn down and dismantled today? Question number two When was the last time you checked your foundation? Question number three. What needs to be built new and fresh on the sure foundation of Jesus? Father God, for my brothers and sisters who said, my ego needs to be torn down. My pride needs to be torn down. My anger needs to be torn down. My tongue needs to be dismantled. God, I pray that they would stay in a position of surrender and let you do your good work. God, for my brothers and sisters who have taken a moment to look at their foundation and they realize that they've added a few things of themselves that should not be there, God, give them the courage to dismantle the foundation and start again. And Lord, for my brothers and sisters who dream of a day when they can build an entirely new life on the foundation of Jesus, I pray that they would hear these words as your will and your purpose. Now's the time. God, may we all embrace the good work that you have for us on this Memorial Day weekend we give you praise and honor and glory as the master builder of our souls and we pray these things in jesus name and all god's people said the time is gone i'm not out of preaching i'm out of sand god bless you guys and have an amazing weekend we'll see you back next week